0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a Wolf's spot, eh? <laughs> I'm
1: going full. People might get winning here for walls Blasting in the shot.
2: Hello 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Lad, we can talk about a bloody win. Oh, I'm so <laughs> happy, I'm relieved and you know it wasn't the greatest game of football, but I thought it was going to be a bit of a dull show. You know, we it hey, wasn't a great one, but we've got news to talk about as well. Joining me today, I've got Josh and Blake. How are we
0: both? Well, it's been a roller coaster 24 hours, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say very interesting one, didn't expect the news that popped up about there ago, but uh, you know, who knows? I was saying he's going to sign, but who knows? I
2: was gonna say, it, yeah, we'll you know, we'll jump right into it because it is borderline breaking news. Um, so during the game yesterday, Sasa Kaladnich, our new um signing, managed to go off injured at half time, uh, he picked up the injury around the 35 minute mark to then carry on and get substituted at half time. Bruno came out of the game yesterday saying it's nothing to worry about. This afternoon, uh, it was confirmed that he's uh, sustained an ACL injury with his. Uh, and he's basically out indefinitely, assuming give it's a say, typical ACL injury, it's going to be, what, nine months or so. So he's basically out for the season. And then the news broke around an hour or so uh, that we've invited Diego Costa, Mr. Shithouse himself. <laughs> to Wolves to come down Compton to assess his fitness. I mean, could you imagine it? No.
0: (laughs) No. It would be incredible. I mean, (laughs) it would just be fun. I mean, this is the thing. I think you just would love to have him here just because it would be so goddamn fun. I mean, is he going to be the best player for Wolves? Heck no, but... We're going to have an absolute blast for this season if he does come. So,
2: <laughs> I feel like the people who will benefit most from Diego Costa will be the likes of Wolves fan cast, the uh, 77 club, because he is just oh, drama no matter what. We've got people in the comments. Um, Dean Marsden, regular Gary, Min, mean, still with the. It should be united for uh, his shithousery. I mean part of me would love it because actually on his day, I know he's what, 33, I want to say now, it feels like he's been 33 for a couple of years. He's a hell of a player, but he does go against like the profile and ethos of everything. Wolves are Mm -hmm. are trying to create, isn't it? That you know, you you hear that they want to sign, you know, uh, guys in their early twenties who are stable, who are, you know, sensible on and off the pitch
1: <laughs> Diego Costa Josh doesn't really tick a lot of those boxes does he it doesn't but we are so desperate I mean when I read the news of you know Sasha was out injured nine months I thought I don't think I love the guy but I could not take another eight months of him in And he's, I mean look, when you think about it, it well it depends because Bruno come out he's pressed and said he's got chronic fatigue so he's played what three he'd have played uh, three games in a week yeah, yeah, he played, and he well, he played two and had to and couldn't play the third. But then on the athletic, they said it was a knee injury, so maybe that's another reason for the desperation. And like he, I think we are just so desperate. And it also was on the free agents, Mate Vidra, oh, You know, there yeah. was the lack of but options the- were so stark.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it, it is dregs, isn't it? Um, still with Eas popped up in the comments again with a very good point Jesus was 33 when he did his best work (laughs) Um, which yeah I mean (laughs) it feels like he would be you know on all all parties he is a stopgap signing Diego Costa and I think it's going to be an interesting an interesting week to see if we we do sign him or even it's just like a a six month deal let alone a 12 month one Um, because I think the other the other side of it is, you know, look into the future. And um, Don Fabio scores again for Andelek, um this afternoon. And I, as far as I'm aware, we can't recall him. I don't even think we can recall him for that loan spell at all. I think that there might be potential to do it in January, but I don't definitely. There's no, you know, hard break at this point. Is there? And uh, it. it it begs belief why we let him go in the first place, to be honest. I think when, place, yeah. yeah, especially when we look at him and you know, stuttering starts to the season, let's say.
0: Well, I think he does need that development, but it couldn't have come at a worse time.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: I've yeah. got a question for the, the both of you.
1: Yeah. If we sign Diego Costa, do you think he's the most high profile signing we've made under Fosson? look, would you say he's even uh, bigger and mobile known than, Matinho, you know, just had this great window. Guedes, yeah. Nunes, would you go, oh my god, you know, I mean, it would, uh, the whole Premier League would be like, oh. I, I
2: yes, I would, chiefly because I, I think he's played in the Premier League before, whereas Jean Matinho, yeah. he was constantly linked with the Premier League. And I think, I, I, I don't think there's probably many ball fans who hadn't heard of Jean Matinho, but I don't think. Lots of Wolves fans would have seen him play a lot. And that includes myself, to be honest. The only times I've I'd have re-seen jamartino play three Wolves is in major tournaments for Portugal. Yeah. I, you know, we're not what <laughs> not not to uh, you know, cl- you know, pull you behind the curtains too much, guys. Um I don't watch a lot of Portuguese football in my spare time. Um or or, or a bit of um Leegin, as it were, when he was at Monaco. But where's Diego Costa? We all know, we all know his game because we've seen him do it week in, week out for Chelsea for a period. So I reckon he probably would be, you know. Um, he's definitely the so. most
0: famous. Yeah. Yes. without a doubt, he's the most famous that we'll have signed. Is he the highest quality? Probably not, <laughs> but he's definitely the most famous.
2: Yeah, I think um, it is it, interesting you say on the on on the quality front because I know obviously he he had a good spell at Chelsea um you know he, i think it was what 50 goals in just under 90 games in uh, Atletico Madrid n- not as great um 12 in 61 and then last year for Atletico Mineiro back in Brazil he got he gets um 4 in 15 so part, you could argue had a bit of a blip at um, um, Atletico. But there's hopefully still a still a bit of a player in there. And again, if it's just a stopgap and he's someone who can, you know, be, just be a lightning rod. Um, which I guess kind of pulls us quite nicely onto yesterday's game. Because I say, we, we did fantastic. We beat um, Bournemouth 1-0 to get our first win of the season. Our first win since April when we beat Villa, I want to say. um but I've, I know it, we went through a bit of a change because, of course, this is the first time this season where we've been playing an out-and-out striker who wasn't Jimenez because um, there were a couple of changes to a, um, to a starting um, lineup, So Sasha came in and so did Podent sort of playing back on the left and also um, Johnny came in for... Semedo as well. What, um, Josh, what did you think of the starting lineup when it came out?
1: Well, I was a bit surprised that Sasha started, you know, especially when they said he only had one training session. But then obviously, when you look further down the line with Jimenez, it will happen because obviously he was pulled out of the team completely in the warm up, wasn't it? So that made sense. Um, I liked the switch. I, I did hear before that Semedo was injured. So again, that made sense, which was a bit of a shame. But I'm a big fan of Pedence. I really, really do, rate right? The guy as well, as you can tell on my Twitter, you know, I absolutely love him. <laughs> so it was, a, it was nice to see him back in because I think he played brilliant in the week and he, he makes the difference. He makes all tick. Yeah. So it was just nice at the back and obviously he scored the goal.
2: Yeah, I think um, I, I I always struggle a bit with Pedence because he is someone who makes you fall in love with football when, you, when he's on his form, isn't he? And you look at our stats, like when he plays like last season, when we, when he plays our win percentage is like three times as high, but he doesn't always get you that many goals and assists in those, you know, raw numbers. But, you know, I think as a purist, you you know, you can't beat him, but I didn't think we started the game too badly. We looked a little bit shaky, Um, but one thing I kind of noticed after that sort of first set 10 minutes settling in Southampton loved a tactical foul didn't they they loved it just there was about three or four different breaks where they just completely halted us it took until to about the 35th minutes for one to get a yellow card for it but it felt like we were really trying to move through the transitions but they kept you know stopping us with unfair means i'd say
0: yeah, they looked very open at the back as well, which was interesting. I mean, I guess when you're playing the team which is the joint lowest score in the league, you you probably perceive that you can afford that. Uh, but yeah, it was very interesting. They were very cynical with their challenges and uh, very open at the back. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think um, I say always frustrating because I think we're, never, we're not usually that great at it. Um, but, but one thing that stood out to me um it was it was it was definitely before our goal was the work rate that we were putting in to keep up with us and i think it was sort of personified by southampton's best chance in the first half um with a rebo and the work ruben neves who uh, it, he, he somehow with a captain's armband increased his already pretty amazing game of about three different floors because that worked to keep with him. Like, how many times have you seen a a midfielder just drop off as soon as it gets like near the 18 yard box? I mean, that was as good as probably I mean he, he borderline had a you know had a roll in the in the goal, Nevis, but that was probably one of the best things I've ever seen him do this season.
1: Yeah, I out, but I was gonna
2: done. say one of the best things he's ever done. I was like, I yeah, know. no, I I'll I, no,
1: I think he's really Captain Armand seemed to give him that responsibility, and he's definitely stepped up. But I also think he's he's one of the biggest benefactors of going to four at the back. I think it's opened up the game a bit. There's less pressure on him to do a bit of everything for Wolves as such. You know, I think he's coming. He sits at the base of the midfield, and there's no need for him to you know in a team at midfield. There's him and Matino. It's like he's got to do a lot of work there, along as, as Matino. But he's got to do a lot of work. And I think with his three midfield, especially Nunes next to him, there's less. He can focus more on the best parts of his game, which is defence midfield. He's brilliant at that. You know, he's so good progressing it forward, but he's not got to do everything.
2: No, I think um, it, it it's, it's, the game just seems to come more naturally to him now. He seems to he seems to thrive on his extra responsibility he's got all of a sudden, doesn't he, Blake?
0: Yeah, I I just think that. I don't know. He's really stepped into this role really well, and I mean, I don't think it's any surprise Neves has been one of our best players, I mean, of all time, really. And to me, it's not surprising at all that he's just really stepped into this.
2: No, no, um Dean Marston again in the comments. Oh, sorry. He, no, sorry, I was going to say, he said bang in the comments, it, this is his team now. And I yeah, sort I've of just feel,
1: that.
2: it does sort of feel like he's, you know, but it's changed his game um a bit in, a, in a, a game which was already pretty complete it just seems like he's that bit more tenacious and that more urgent
1: yeah he's i think he's he's embraced the role to like code did especially you know at the end of the game when he come across the South bank and you know did his little like Nuno S type thing that was really nice i think he's he's really embraced it i think he just feels so welcome and that's why He's probably never forced to move away because he doesn't feel the need to. Okay, yes, we could be more ambitious. There's no denying that, we could have the finishes. But he definitely feels he feels the love, and I think that's the big difference. and That's why he's probably embraced it so much.
2: Yeah, and I think it's interesting you mention the the, the applause at the end because you know that's something that I oh, know as fans. It, it probably means not a lot to players, but it means a lot to a fan, especially like, you know, midweek after Bournemouth. I, I appreciate I wasn't there. But after a game like that, you, you, you want players to stand up and be counted. Yeah. And I know Collins came over and seemingly, you know, took a brunt of the criticism that weirdly has paid off for him, you know, four days <laughs> later, that so, you know, the, the social media narrative changes. But with Neves, he'd always, you know, do the polite thing in terms of the in terms of the applauses Um, but again like I don't think I've ever seen him react like that like let's say last season um, when you know when we were scrapping for a win it I don't know it it just feels slightly different and it's nice to see um, with him and you know how the only downside is the more and more he plays like this more and more think you know what? What are we now five games into the season is it? Um, I've completely yeah, lost count. Six, I think six six games into the season, I kind of feel that we've only got thirty six league games left of Ruben Neves, which is, is is a crying shame. But hey, if he gives us thirty six more performances like that, then oh, that, yeah. I, I, I'd be happy. Um, the, the goal, gentleman, it was it came at a tipping point. I think me and you, Josh, were chatting about it um, earlier, but we were struggling to find that breakthrough. Neto had a really good chance um, about five, ten minutes before. And it it was met with that reaction. Instead of like, oh, that was close to it." Oh, c- just couldn't care. It was frustrating. <laughs> but you could feel the relief at Molyneux when we went ahead, couldn't you?
1: Yes, you could definitely log. I think... It's, it, that could be a very defining moment in hmm. Bruno Large's tenure at Wolves. You know, you look back at like, specific moments and you think, oh, that, because I think if they've gone in nil at the half time, they do not play particularly great, I think Molyneux is going to gonna get booed off and it's going to get very toxic very quickly. But you look and go, the slowest look with the penance finish, I think he definitely tried to pass it. But you look and go, oh, that might just be such a defining moment for, for Bruno and his team. You know, if they'd have gone in nil at half-time, players heads down, struggling for about the second half, the pressure's really on. And then Sasha goes off at half-time, the game, the game plan's not worked. It, it starts to unravel really quickly. But that just, it bought them that time, didn't it? Then 15 minutes, I think. And the, it, it come at the right time for Wolves because Southampton had that one, the chance where it came out to and like, Cotlin's blocked it and then he knocked it away from Chadham's And you think that come just at the right time, the goal and then the half-time.
2: De- definitely. I mean, I, I put on Twitter after the goal, Blake, and uh, interesting am you agree with this, that's the sort of goal you expect this Wolves team to score.
0: Exactly. But like,
2: you know, we, we wouldn't the we right wouldn't position and just progressed it so quickly.
0: I mean, it was perfect setup, and this is the thing. Wolves are going to have to rely on perfect setup in order to get our goals this season. Uh, well, granted, it'll be interesting to see if we do sign Diego Costa, what he brings, but, you know, now that Kolasicic is is out and Raul Jimenez is Raul Jimenez, we just don't really have someone up front that we can truly rely on. So it's going to take that perfect setup to where all potence has to do is just basically get his foot on it. You know, he, <laughs> he's not even really trying to shoot when he scores. He just gets his foot well, on it and it dribbles into the back of the net. And you know what? It's, it's – I would say it's too- fine. It's going to be complicated as we move through the season, obviously. But – that's just how we're going to have to score from from here on out
2: yeah um, that's a question uh we had from twitter which was does pro uh does Podence practice a scuffed miss hit shot to trick keepers this season <laughs> i'll ask you both honestly um did it did he mean that type of finish
1: i don't think he meant it i think he was 100 trying to pass uh it's probably a good job that he slipped like he did because again if you think if he plays that ball forward and sasha taps that in then he's offside and again goes up in in uproar so really I mean, now he's very lucky that that went in like that
2: yeah blake do you, do you think he was actually trying to square it across the box or do you think he was trying to a it as style shop
0: <laughs> hey you know what they are count doesn't matter <laughs> they all can yeah
2: <laughs> especially
0: at
2: the minute that course, do, yes <laughs> d- d- you know i guarantee what's going to happen in the next two days we'll also release a training ground video if i'm doing it in training just to prove <laughs> that daniel potence with his weaker foot is doing that can just do that type of fish, like um uh, douglas louise at villa doing the corners uh, so sure not like <laughs> he, he's not mishitting it. it, um, but we mentioned he could have potentially squared it to um, Sasa um, Krajnc. So we've already talked about the injury, which is a, a horrendous shame because he looks okay. But um, for, for me, jo- Josh, what did you think of his forty-five minutes, which
1: essentially going to be his entire season? Uh, i to say I don't remember doing him, that and that's not uh, against him. The one thing I do remember that sticks to my mind the most is when both Southampton centrals went up for the header and ended up elbowing him. That, I thought, well, he must be a bit of a danger if both centrals are giving up and sticking one on like that. But other than that, i I've got to remember, so I don't remember him doing much in that vlog, so I'm not trying mm. to belittle him or anything like that. I just think it was just part and parcel of the game. We struggled to get him, to, him into the game.
0: Yeah. He just didn't quite look strong enough. You know, I think that's one of the things that as a Premier League striker, you really need to be you really need to have that strength to be able to sort of shove off defenders. And I, I suspect it probably would have come with time. Obviously, unfortunately, he's not gonna get that anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh it did seem like he had a couple chances to get on the ball. It was just that he was outstrengthed by uh, by Southampton defenders.
2: Yeah, but there was a little bit of a welcome to England um attitude with the intent. like the as you mentioned, like a lot of little things like the touch was necessarily like as sharp as it needs to be at this point the you know the the urgency that you have in the Premier League it's just it's a completely different ball game isn't it um but you're right about the two strikers that's something I picked up that it felt like I don't know whether it's just his height or his competency but he actually seemed to make defenders want to think about what he was doing unlike him in this last couple of games
1: yeah, there was a couple of times I've got the phones and stuff and I think it was quite early on one of last point, he sitting by me. He, he was like dragging him quite a lot. And, but like I said, I just don't remember him. I'd like to look at the stats and look how many touches he had at the ball because I really, I can't remember many. But mm. I think it's, they've played without, 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 without a and as much as I love the block. They've played without such a competent number nine for so long. They've probably had to try <laughs> and play around the issue of having a strike at. And now they've got one, it's like, Oh, my God, I can't believe it. What do we do? Do we aim for this guy or what? You know, he's we're not used to someone dropping in in front of the defenders. We're normally used to him and there's holding at the back post.
2: Yes. It, it, I was going to say, I don't know whether I thought... And then to be fair, he didn't pull up any trees in the, you know, half. Now he, you know, had four ligaments in his knee as opposed to three. <laughs> but... Uh, i was gonna say i think it's it's, it's gonna be like a proper like our oh, only time will tell won't it um because he had a decent one from head he missed a chance from a header um from memory which you know the irony of him not getting up high enough for it being you know <laughs> needs seven foot tall or whatever is is a bit frustrating but um going into the second half um it did feel a bit shaky. I think we were seemed to be a bit rocked by the fact that we didn't have a striker up front. We did seem to kind of really struggle to be penetrative second half um, and let Southampton kind of find their way back into a game. Do you think,
0: Blake? Yeah, totally. I mean... We were very loose at the back. Uh, I noticed we really were not pressing Southampton much at all. It just sort of felt like we were letting them do whatever they, they wanted. And as we saw, that led to a couple of flashpoints I'm sure we'll talk about here shortly. But, yeah, I just think it's really hard when you don't have a reliable striker to to get up the pitch and feel like you're going to have any confidence in, in scoring. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's silly. I think we really saw with Bournemouth that I think you could have taken <laughs> – all 11 play born with players off in that game and we still wouldn't have scored. And <laughs> yeah. I-, I just feel like there's so little confidence in our front three right now, especially if we're all isn't there. What are our defenders supposed to do? Are they supposed to be confident in that. I don't think so. And, um, You know, we don't really have anyone to bring in off the bench to sort of supplement our our back, what we're playing a back four now. We don't really have anyone to come in. I mean, Semedo possibly, but do you really want to take off Collins or or Kilman? I don't think so. Gomez, but he's been very on off. So I just feel like, you know, we're we're sort of really over-relying on our current defense. And there's just not really a whole lot they can do other than just sort of try and eke out a a 1-0 victory in these sorts of scenarios because we just can't score.
2: Yeah, we are we are putting a lot of pressure on the defense, and I, I think the defense is doing a. well, They're definitely doing a good job. I think we've got we've conceded the least amounts of goals in the league so far this yeah. season, um, which you know goes to show it's not necessarily about the back five and about oh we're missing a Cody, oh. yeah. um, no, but we do seem a bit more susceptible to opening up both big chances and. I mean, but the main one Southampton missed. Uh, genuinely, I don't know if I've seen a worse miss down Molyneux. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was genuinely hard for Che Adams to do what he did. Um, and for those who have somehow not not seen it, essentially he had a header from about two yards out, which he managed to head onto his arm and roll it off his arm into the net. <laughs> Um, but that felt like it was a real like warning sign for us. Of which we then let them have another chance about two minutes later. Of which <laughs> um, Chadham hit the bar again. Um, I mean I can't remember seeing a miss that bad down Molyneux.
1: No, I, uh, I don't. Know. I've seen I seen mean, some haters in my time. Yeah, nothing springs to mind. No,
0: there was Jota's miss when we played uh, Liverpool. When he was yeah. at Liverpool, yeah. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but oh, still, yeah, that yeah, was Cody yeah. clearing it off the line. So I don't yeah. know if that even counts because all Shadoms has to do is just get his head to it, and it's a goal. That's all he had to do, but he just mm. he just completely misses, yeah. and it goes off his arm.
2: Yeah, I, I I was befuddled, befuddled to tell you. Um, but we did manage to see the game out. Um, it was a bit nervous, but it's always going to be nervous because it's one nil, and we're not playing great um to be honest um but i guess we'll start on the positive who kind of stood out for yourselves i know we've mentioned neves being neves um in particular um but how, how do you think nunes um because he seems to be kind of pushing on and on and on seems to have, again yeah. each game seems to be a bit better drink josh
1: I oh, he, he, he would have been more man of the match i think i did a poll earlier i did vote for mm. the man of the match i think he was it was the first three games i I don't know if it's... It's hard to say. It's really hard to say then because I felt like I was watching a Dendonka. It was like watching Dendonka sort of thing in terms of yeah. how he's being played. Whereas mm. I think Bruno's realised his ability. He's actually got far greater ability. I think <laughs> he, he played sec... I've never seen a player who gets... You know, like you'll have Ward-Press and Diallo will go and, go and close him down and he still comes out with the ball. He's just got that smirk about him in the midfield and it's like you might nick the ball around someone, it sets you off on a counter-attack. And I just, it's just, what well, I think Nunes impressed me, the whole, the defence did. But for me, yesterday with Wolves, it was, I don't think yesterday's performance was any better than Fulham or Newcastle. I think we just had the fine margins go our way. Yeah. I think, and Southampton were the poorest side we've with not And there wasn't bad. I think it was just the fine margins, Southampton were a bit poorer, and that's what went for us. You know, whereas you watchers. You know, you're against Fulham, we create more chances. Newcastle, you know, we, on the balance of the game, it's the same. But yes, I thought we looked better on the counter-attack as well. A couple of times, like we slipped Neto and, and Cohen beyond. There's one in the second half when he had it and he right foot and he ballooned it over the bar. And I was like, oh. But other than that, it's just, they're getting there, but it's still not convincing.
2: No, and I think it's interesting because for a lot of last season, we, you know, we were a team of... Fine margins we don't we don't win by a lot we don't lose by a lot and it's kind of more for one of the reasons i've not been too anxious the first few games of the season apart from the you know the run of features we've got ahead of us um because in basically all the games like we weren't amazing but we didn't deserve to get hammered you know we're not leaking goals like there's no tomorrow um and yeah, well, you know what, we'll we'll get one eventually. And yeah, Southampton you know, Southampton aren't in great nick. Um and, but there might be a case that we'll look back on you know, arguably let's say the Spurs game I think that that definitely should have been a draw. Maybe even against Newcastle, I reckon we we did enough to eke out a winning. I was gonna you know, there's there's merits in that um uh, christopher rogers says in the comments um kilman collins eight nori stand out yesterday i'd also throw John into that mix i think all the back four so, yeah. well, i think they sort of had to be to be fair as um blake alluded to but uh, kilman and collins what what a, what a bloody um center back pairing they are but just it, there's almost a bit of like an old school vibe to them isn't there where like they, where but don't get me wrong. Both are really good on the ball, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you're always confident when Kilman's got the ball that he's gonna pick the right pass and do the right thing. And Conley seems to have that about them as well. But they're both bloody brutes as well, aren't they?
0: <laughs> they're massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would not I... want to go against them. That's for sure.
2: I... I mean, I'm 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 slightly scared for when Diego Costa joins him in training, to be honest, because um, <laughs> <laughs> there is going to be an inst- an incident. Let's be honest, but um, yeah, I thought both of them again, and look, it, it's not going to happen. But how Max Kilman won't, you know,
1: doesn't get a call up to the England squad at the moment. I, know, yeah. I think for Kilman, though, Albert- I've read it a few times. I think what held Kilman back is he's never played through the youth level of yeah. England. Whereas compared to like Mark Gay, who's played through the youth, and I think this is where Gibbs will be a benefactor if he ever gets to the ability of playing for England. He's he's come through the youth, ranks, Whereas Kilman hasn't. And I think that's a real mark against. Him. Not to say that you won't, but mm. I just think that's a real big mark it, against him. It, it does
2: make it. It does make it different. Uh, it, it difficult. And to be fair, I was looking at. I find it an interesting one because there's some palace, uh, similar peggings, I guess. And I was having a look at their comparison stats, and by and large, they're either on par or Kilman's clear of gay. And <laughs> I like him. I think he's. I think he's a solid player. But you know, he's he's, he's come through that England setup. But you know, I, I think it's a real shame for for, for Kilman. To be honest, um, again, we got a comment in the. Um, on the YouTube. Uh, if you are watching, make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. Uh 12, number 12 and 14 in the league for completed passes, which, you know, I think again, it just dictates how well they're doing on the ball as well as, you know, blocking it. And yeah, I think, I think special credit needs to go to Sarr as well. Cause he was someone who ironically against Southampton last season. He did it um, a couple of times where he tried to break the ball out nice and early. <laughs> and he kept doing it again. To, he kept doing it again um, yesterday, um, and you know, nearly got in a scrap with their centre half for blocking one, um, which, you know, is, is back back to a sort of old, to be honest. Um, so, I guess players who didn't necessarily shine, Neto again, unfortunately.
1: I think right wing is killing him. I think it's he's not a right winger. He's a byline player and getting. Mm get down the left get the, i mean like for me i want to see him doing it against chelsea in lockdown left on his left foot yeah across the keeper i think that that's his game it really is he's never been a cut he, he, he can't cut in for me like that it's too especially if you play Guedes as well his game's cutting in and you've both got you've got a striker Guedes and neto and they're all competing for the same space and it's like it's course cool. it's going to get clustered up
2: yeah no, I, I agree. I think he'd give us so much better width if he was on the left and on the right. Um, for me, again, it seems like... Would you say, Blake, he's trying too hard?
0: To some extent. I, I just think he's in a funk at the moment. And sure, that certainly could be just because he's playing on the right, you know. But I guess the other question that is, who do we then put there? Yeah. Is it Traore time? Um, I, mean, yeah, I mean, it might, but... <laughs> well, that could go dead wrong, so you got to be careful with that. Yeah,
2: which, which Traore? Um, yeah, exactly. That would be, be my perennial nightmare, I think, this season. Um, in terms of... It, yeah, I think it's a tricky one with Neto. Um, I think, hopefully, he's one of those he might just... I feel like he's going to need this international break. Because he's not going to get called up to Portugal, but I feel like he could with that period without a league game for us maybe and mm. you know ho- hopefully just fight, f- find his feet I think it's the
1: it stereotypical play. he's desperate I mean I feel like to say it's mm. about every Wolves attacker he's desperate for a goal he just needs one yeah. he, he needs one like the, uh, the Penance one yesterday sorry, where it just hits tough him and goes in magazine. he needs something like that just for a bit mm. of confidence but like, so, I, I don't think he's being used correctly I, I think he, he's a left winger by alone get across his man sort of thing rather than getting cutting inside constantly and stuff like that. I think it just works against him.
2: No, I I can see that. I can see that. Um, The only other players worth kind of mentioning, I think is Wang Um, when he came on and I guess the reception he got, because, you know, there were a few years, but I think it kind of overall got met with positivity in the end. And, You know, I think by the sounds of it, we might have to be relying on him a bit more uh, now. So I think um, we've all got to hope um, we go in the right direction, I think. But um, Josh, you've already mentioned man of the match, uh, you you go for uh, Nunes. Um, Blake, who would you go for man of
0: the match? Probably Johnny. I think that he's faced a lot of criticism this season. I think that he really stepped it up yesterday, both defensively and on the press. And I just really like the guy. So. Also,
2: Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, I, we, I was gonna say I didn't mention Johnny earlier because he was someone who seemed to, you know, when the chips are down, he, he's someone who does, you know, lot set step, step it up. To be fair, and arguably, if Samado, Johnny, and Aitnori will fit, he'd probably not be one to make it, in my opinion. I'd rather start Aitnori and Samado personally. Mm. Um. But what he gives you is that extra bit of fire in the belly, and you know he he's not going to let you down. Um, and I think he can he can be that like you know leader and that example that people can follow as well, being a hell of a footballer as well. Um, I think I, I don't know. I'm gonna leave my mouth match match too. Um, I was always gonna get to Kilman. Um, just thought he just mopped up everything even when he made a bit of a mistake thing of the second half ball went over his head you know just his recovery just to kind of clean up after his own mess um, or, 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 or Nunes because he seems like he's not going to get us lots of goals um, I think that's kind of fair to get he might get us a couple of wonder goals whatever. I don't see him getting like you know 10-15 goals this season but I think he's going to like performances like yesterday it feels like if he gives you like an extra five, ten percent more, and he delivers that consistently week in, week out, he's just going to be the difference between us drawing games and winning games.
1: And I think yeah, I, that, I tend to it. agree with that. Yeah, I, I think, think easy... he's yeah he's really going to raise. I mean, I think I've I've seen Gully talk about it quite a lot about floor raising and the ceiling raise, and I think he's definitely a ceiling raiser for us. Yeah, um, I think he's really going to. He didn't he wasn't productive at sport in Lisbon. You know, his no. goals and assists weren't particularly high. It's his off the ball stuff. And it I always think he might be I said to my mates when he joined, because on about like of and stuff, and I said, I think he's gonna be the guy before this the pass before the assist, where he might break the lines, knock it wide, then give the ball to Neto and Neto will cross one in and we'll score through that. And it's gonna be the he's the man before before the, the-, the assist.
2: Yeah, I I I definitely um definitely agree with that. And I think the goals of we were putting for it because although we would um I might think he would have got the assist for Podence.
1: Yeah, it did, yeah. Um it,
2: it but that's like Wolves training ground move, isn't it? You could literally <laughs> see how it plays out. And Podence should be scoring. It. it's for the man who's, you know, in six middle. yards out with a tapping. Um so but he would have He say he would have been the assistor for the assist or whatever. Um so yeah, I think he's he's someone who I hope keeps growing. And I'm interested to see. I mean, we've got Liverpool up next, and that's going to be a well a monumental challenge for us. And I'm interested to see how this group of players does it with a back four against a you know a a top six team. But in particularly him, just because he is our big signing, and that will give him that target on his back so to speak in in terms of demanding a a performance but I'm I'm in my head now and right we've 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 had one win against a fairly mediocre team but like I think he's gonna be that difference for us in these big games that when it's tight, when it's compact when he's got you know Fabinho hunting him down the difference between him and Dendonka is Dendonka passes it back to Martinho Nunes shifts the ball to his right and opens up the game and yeah. i'm keen you know genuinely optimistic as a wolf fan after watching him against you know only a couple of games now but seeing him do that uh, you know against against bigger opponents but we're going to take a short break guys um after a break we're going to chat a little bit about what bruno said after game talk about wolves as a whole and a couple of questions from twitter corner uh we'll be back right after this break
0: Hi all, Gully from Wolves Fancast here,
1: and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside of the box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We might have just had our answer.
2: Hi, welcome back, everybody. Um, as mentioned before, a couple of things are, um, for, from the game. We've already kind of talked about the, the major breaking news, literally, of, um, of today. Um, with the Klasnich injury. Um, but why want you to talk a little bit more about um, Bruno, really. said after the game, um, you know, three points gives the place tranquility um, to play at our level. Um, you know, again, st- still asking for time, um, wanting to be able to play their games and things like that, and also very happy with fans as well. Um, I mean, it's not an awful lot to carve disagree with that i think that the, the, the one question is the, the the time element as much as anything else because in the last week there have been calls for him to go um significantly less after yesterday's uh, win my, my question to you guys is does yesterday's win can answer the critics or does it just paper over cracks
0: I don't think it does. I mean, look, it's great for us to get our first three points. I'm absolutely thrilled. But that being said, (laughs) we still have a lot of cracks. Now, I don't square the blame on Bruno. I think that's a difference between me and a lot of people, certainly on Twitter. Uh, But it is an issue. And I think that we're going to continue having this issue straight up until probably the January transfer window, if we even bring anybody in then. I mean, I think we're still going to have issues at our front three. I think we're still going to have issues scoring. and. I think we're just going to struggle to find points this season. I think that's just kind of how it's going to have to be. No matter who we bring in as manager, I think that's just how this season is going to have to play out. So I don't really know what you do. I mean, you could replace manager and hope that that somehow spurs our players on, but I don't believe it's going to. Yeah, I just think that it's going to be a difficult season this year. And I think we kind of have to accept that that's probably what it's going to be and preferably i think we give bruno some time and space he has his players let him figure out what he wants to do i don't think we're getting relegated this year so just give him that space let him figure everything out for himself and let the players sort of take it on as they can and see where we end up how about you josh how's
2: the um, i guess how's the roller coaster of being a wolf century to in the last 7 days
1: i oh, see i'm i i see both sides of the argument and i I mean, Wednesday night I was up for like half the team being <laughs> yeah. just getting rid of it, and, and but for me, look, I I see the difference here this season is Wolves need a good season, and I think a good season is not top ten, top seven, and I know this might be, you know, or you've just had a lot of new players, but players like Nunes, Neves, Matinho, Neto, they're not going to stay here for another season if we if we come tenth again. And for me, this was a lot of pressure on this season because he's had his year... OK, I know it's a new system, but he's had, his new, he's had his year to figure out the league and and things like that. But I, I truly believe we need to have a big season to keep these big players. And I, I don't lay the blame solely on Bruno because like, he can do nothing about him missing that one-on-one chance. And he can do nothing mm. about the fact that Fossen didn't get the players in before pre-season. But I feel he should get more out of the players we've got there, and like I, say, I understand, it's a new system, nothing, but you can't tell me. Like, you look at Leeds, who've had a big squad turnover, sold the two best players, you know, exciting brand of football, scoring goals. You know, Potter, he's front three. He compared a Wolves team to Brighton, man for man. There's probably only two or three Brighton players getting the team, and we're still underperforming. And I think I know a lot of people as well that go, oh, we've had a tough start to season, but I think on paper as well, but Leeds, that was. That was a winnable game. And I know, yeah, we left him short with the bench, but it was a winnable game. Fulham, yes, they played well, but winnable game. Newcastle. I just, I see both sides of the argument. I'm so 50-50. Don't get me wrong, I don't see an obvious replacement there, but I just think you've got to have a big season because otherwise this time next year you'll be talking. We ain't got no one there who's any good left. You know, Neves, Nunes, they're all going to cut to bigger and better things. So it's such a hard thing to say. That's why, like, Wednesday night, I was like, just get rid of him because I don't see it getting any better. And, like, yesterday, I think, like I say, it's not better than Fulham or Newcastle. It was just there was poorer and the final margins went our way.
2: Uh, I guess it's a question of, from that Venice, will we see the margins continue or will we see it enough to get us to where we want to go? I mean, just looking at the league table, all right, it's, it's after six games and I don't know how much you can judge it. Um, I, I Blake, Blake, completely agree. I don't see us getting relegated, chiefly on the back of. I think there's at least three teams worse than us. Um, yeah, frustrating. My some some of my picks for to go down are nowhere near the bottom. Uh, Brentford, I'm looking at you. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but I guess ironically, they're only three points ahead of us at the moment, and you know, the, the media narrative would be. You know, they are in the flying season, and we're a, a change of results away from them. So it's still a lot to play for. Um, but you, 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 you're right, Josh. That you no, know, Nevers in particular. What's going to make him want to stay in 12 months' time? And it's definitely not going to be a bottom half finish. Maybe a cup, or uh, the IN here, the IN is irony is there we go i get it right third time lucky like if let's say we i don't know we won the league cup or we won the fa cup would that almost make nevis want to leave because he's achieved something at Wolves beyond just promotion yeah. um but you know he, he that's his moment and he can go you know what i've, I've delivered on something i'll go and i mean to be fair Neves going, I think no Wolves fan. I think we're going to be upset. I don't think we're going to be disappointed.
0: Because yeah, I, I I understand how these things work, but um, Well, he certainly played his part.
1: You mm.
0: know, I don't think anyone yeah. if or when Neves leaves, I don't think anyone's going to have a moan about it because I mean, he was just an integral part of this team. I mean, he's the final one remaining from our championship promotion and it's easy to understand why.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, in terms of, I guess, where Wolves go from here and, you know, say, sacking the manager and things like that, you're right, Josh. Like, Bruno Lodge has his flaws. The fact that we're allowed five to substitute something he used to yesterday um, for for one where, you know, we're we're six games in and I, I doubt he's made more than four in any of them off the top of my head. And he, you could argue that's down to squad depth, but I don't know, just a, just a little bit of rotation and things like that to give to give some of these players a bit of legs. Um, I, it is down to him, but we almost yeah, we're still missing that cutting edge. To like you know, I I could see us beating Southampton yesterday pre pre game. I couldn't see Same. us scoring more than one goal. Like, that had minus two and a half goals written all over it.
1: <laughs> it. Do you know what I mean? It's such a hard thing to say because, like so I say, I appreciate it's a new system. Uh, you know, I'm not oblivious to to the obvious. and I understand it, but we can't have such an underperformance. We can't underperform this season. We just can't because players aren't going to stay. And I, I, I just don't Like, I think our attack should do more. You know, if, remember last season when Bruno was like, 80% of our training drills are attacking. I helped the yeah, A because, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what, what are we doing what, in training? What, what are we doing <laughs> in training? You know, and like, and also last season Bruno was calling for five subs. I know mm-hmm. this feels like it's very Bruno rant. It's, like, it's not. No, no, it's we, like, we go for it. It's a very he was calling for five subs last season. He was saying the reason I can't play Fabio as much is because I make two out of my three subs are full backs that I switch. Okay, you've now got a solution to your problem and you're not doing nothing to change it so i find it so odd i like I, say, I, I see both sides of the argument and i don't see an obvious replacement but i think there's there's warning signs there and i think yesterday if we'd have gone one nil down or whatever if we'd lost i think it would have been chanel wolves on twitter afterwards oh
2: yeah definitely uh but,
1: but the toxicity
2: levels but <laughs> i mean it is like even like 25 minutes in before the um for Podence's goal you could feel in the stadium it wasn't it weren't quite right um I mean to be fair my view on Bruno's sort of not changed but just give it into the World Cup because I know we've got a lot of fixtures before then it is more condensed but you've got a real kind of break point for me there of you know the season's Mm -hmm. still salvageable but we definitely ain't going down I say that that's clippable. So um yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I don't think we're gonna go down. So let's say if we're sixteenth in November or hell, even if even if we're where we are now and we're fourteenth, let's say, and it feels like we're treading water I'd accept us changing the manager then. And I think Bruno's just about bought himself enough good grace from the first six months of last season still to give him these extra, you know, two two and a half months or whatever it may be with, you know, his players, which right, one of we we're, we're already one down from that without Flanage. <laughs> um, I mean that is just our look, isn't it, as Wolf fans. Typical. It's just like, oh don't right, we're gonna get a new striker, someone a bit different. Down inside forty five minutes. It, it is um I saw I can't remember who I saw it on Twitter say, you
1: know, it's very much uh Mikhail
2: Zyro-esque.
1: I was gonna you yeah. took the words at let's say, come in, scored a couple of goals, looking good, be like, tell you what, we found yeah. found a cracking player, here. yeah. ACL never comes back the same. And that ne- that's what concerns me.
2: <laughs> we, we never even saw him again. It was then, just yeah. like just just <laughs> in, into the ether. Um so hopefully say, I say hi Hopefully, the injury's not as bad, but um, we'll see. Um, do I have a couple of questions from Twitter Corner? Uh, we've already talked about um, Andy's one about poden's practicing his um, miss shit, uh, miss shit miss hit <laughs> shot trick in training. Um, Stu Hall asks House of Dragon or Rings of Power? Now, I'll be honest, I'm yet to watch either. Um, a, because I don't have the Now TV one for um the game of i was gonna say for the dragons one and i've only just realized the rings of power ones out today have you two invested in either of them yet and are you planning to or is it just are you both going like why is he giving me this question <laughs> no it's it's just just straight sure, too, over man. my head <laughs> no, so i i have sure, got the wrong people on for this one <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say Sorry, well, don't, well you know what Stu, here's your plug um Stu does the excellent cage fighting podcast. So, if you want up to date news around film and TV, go check them out at Cage Fighting. Um, it, the only thing I know is apparently House of Dragon is supposed to be really good and is quietly making up for the shambles of the end of Game of Thrones. No idea on Rings of Power, um, on Prime, I think it is, um, in terms of how that's any good or not. But I feel like I'm now just like that's sponsored ads at this point, so I'll just shut up. <laughs> Um, the other question I have uh, um is similar to what we've we've talked about is is anything other than European qualification going to keep Neves and Nunes at Wolves next season? Um feels like we'll struggle to achieve it this season. So it's sort of what we talked about, isn't it, gents? I, I can't I almost can't see Neves staying unless we do. Nunes thinks a different one. Um do you, do you see him being here longer than 12
0: months, basically? Well, here's the deal. They're going to leave when... Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Shoot. Uh Jorge Mendes. Mendes <laughs> tells him to leave. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> They're going to leave when Mendes tells them to leave. That's the whole situation, I think. Um, you know, I, I really don't like to say it because I think it's a bit conspiratorial, but I think that Mendes controls a lot more to a lot of these players than, than meets the eye. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm being honest, I don't know. What are these players going to go and do? Are they going to join Manchester United? We see the shambles that they got themselves in earlier this season. I know they're kind of recovering now, but mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that that club is going to be in, in a good shape in the next 12 months. So I don't know. It's just, it's complicated. I think it's really complicated. And to say that a European finish is definitely the only ways that these players would stay... I just think it's more complicated than that. I mean, obviously, we all thought that Neves would leave this offseason. Why has he stayed? I don't really think there's any reason he should have stayed if if what he really wants to do is go to another club and win European titles. Because even if he didn't go to another English side, he could have easily gone across the pond into continental Europe.
2: Yeah. No, no I agree. I think, the, I think with, with Neves, I think... You know, at the end of last season when, you know, we had really, you know, a fairly emotional lap of honour for him and stuff. We were like, yeah, he's, he's gone. But it did feel like he wants to play first-team football. I think he wants to play football as much as anything else. And I think the five subs rule has probably made it easier for some players to go and for big clubs to swoop them up. Whereas I think ne- never seems to be very happy playing 40 games a season.
1: Mm.
2: And you know, Liverpool, you know, Manchester United signed Casemiro for fifty. What I say, Ish. fifty million plus 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 exorbitant wages. And you are just like Wolves would have probably accepted an offer for Nevis of fifty million up front plus twenty million of add-ons, which you know, contract-wise and and all all of it would probably be the same as Casemiro's. But that's not the route they've gone down because they live in bonkers land. Liverpool only decided they're in for a, str- um, a midfielder last minute. So, like, I don't really think there was a huge... There wasn't a huge domestic market for Neves in the end. Um, and he doesn't seem to be someone who's kind of keen to, like, push for a move in the same way we've seen with, with other players, let's say, or kind of go on strike. Um, Nunes I find more interesting, because I think a lot's going to just be dictated by how well he does. And I know, you know, we're saying he's, you know, he's looking good at the moment. He's not, he, and he is, but he's not looking like he shouldn't be playing
1: four walls. Yeah, I agree you, with that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You look at like, when like, Neves first coming, it was like, yeah, this guy's not going to be along, but you look at Nunez, and it's like, it's a clear, grand and then but it's not looking like a, Yeah, it's not going to be a long sort of thing. I think it might also depend. I think Neves has proven he can play in the Premier League, so he might get a domestic Mm -hmm. move maybe next season or Barcelona. I think Nunes maybe not so much next season because I think he might. There's obviously, even if he has a good season, unless we do like just some outrageous and get relegated, unlikely, but who knows? Um, It looks like it might be a case of he'll have a couple of years here, prove his worth, and then someone will come in and buy him. I mean, like, it, it also depends because I think. Guardiola said that about him, he's probably, Mendes has already probably got the the switch around of like Bernardo Silva go to Barcelona next summer, De Jong might move to, he might move to United next summer and then Nunes goes to City, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then that, and then they'll can kind of find someone to fit in at Wolves sort of thing and it, it's like we've had him on loan for a season plus and we'll make a bit of profit on him. I think it's just hard to say, isn't it? Because you also think if the our play very well and Wall Street's like 15th, then why is anyone going to touch our players at a 10-foot barge pole? So, it's just hard to say.
2: Exactly. And that might be one of the reasons I think people went off Neves, uh, called on Neves in the end because it's like, well, he's a mid-table player and he played well last season, but he wasn't probably as standout-ish as he has been so far this season. Uh, Dean Marsden says in the comments to just to round things up, uh, rumours of Bisquets going to MLS next season. Uh, Mendes will um, have a move lined up uh, to Barca for Neves. I mean, that's going to be dependent on. I was going to say if they have any money, but apparently, variable able to sign players. <laughs> they don't do that. So, yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like both with Mendes and Nunes, they, they are on the they are on the Mendes conveyor belt, aren't they? And of course, they are. Which, say, seemingly, Neves has been off it for so long. Um, whereas, you say, Jota, I mean, Jota was properly in on it. Um, you know, if you look at his earlier career in terms of going to Atletico Madrid for, on loan for a year, I think it was. Um, and literally doing, you know, two three years at Wolves and then to Liverpool. It's it, it's very staged, whereas Neves is, hasn't been. But time will tell. But, you know, let's just enjoy these players um, well, we've whilst it. we've got them. Um, but that wraps up today's show. Um, great to talk about a win um, for once, and fingers crossed we get to do it again next weekend when we're only facing Liverpool, so I'm sure, sure it'll be nice and easy. Um, we will be back uh, later on this week, I want to say Thursday, um, for our preview show for the Liverpool game, uh, so make sure you go check that out. Um, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to like, share and subscribe, and follow us on all our social media platforms we're at wolf's Fancast on all of them we're pretty easy to pretty easy to find um and also shouts out to our sponsors pixel yeti media and of course we're part of a 90 min football family network until next time it's goodbye from blake see you, everybody it's goodbye from josh really yeah, enjoy that chats goodbye to everyone and it's goodbye from me see you next time